Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining me in this uh, brand new podcast. This podcast is dedicated to a very nebulous topic. The, actually, a merge of two topics. Uh, the merge of the doctrine of the Book of Mormon, particularly, and Kabbalah. Uh, Kabbalah also can have many different uh, faces and names and interpretations. And so uh, I'm going to do my best to try to make it as academic as, as I possibly can. Therefore, I'm going to be using primarily the Book of Mormon when it comes to Church of Jesus Christ doctrine. And I'm going to be using uh, Kabbalistic books such as the Sohar or the Sefer Yetzirah of the Bahir uh, to try to speak about Kabbalah. Uh, thank you for joining me. Uh, let's go. Now, where can one begin about studying the comparison between the Book of Mormon and Kabbalah? And why are they related in the first place? Well, let me explain. The reason why they are related is because both of the groups that wrote the Book of Mormon and the Kabbalistic books were both Jews. They both came from a very similar tradition of beliefs. They came with a history of the study of the Torah and also with the same traditions and culture and festivities, etc., etc. And that is why there is a correlation. Um, one will assume that the, that the writers of the Book of Mormon, although Jews, might have nothing to do with Kabbalah because they left, uh, what would we say, 1300, 1400 years before any of the official books of the Kabbalah were written back in 1270 with the Sohar. Maybe the Sefer Yetzirah was written about 200 or 300 AD. So the Sefer Yetzirah might have been off by 400 years from the writing of the Book of Mormon. Uh, but the fact is that there are similarities between the cultures. There are similarities between the writings of the people of the Book of Mormon and the writings of the Kabbalah. And so, uh, I would like to begin from the very beginning of the first book of the, of the, the first book, or the, the, the book of uh, Nephi, in the Book of Mormon, as it relates to Kabbalah. And now I would like to do this by first explaining what is Kabbalah. Kabbalah today has taken on many different interpretations, on many different ways of bringing it, uh, many different books, that some of them make sense, some of them do not make sense. And so here it goes, the very basic interpretation of what Kabbalah is. Kabbalah basically means to receive, but to receive what? Uh, in the book of Lehi, uh, in, the, in, in the book of Nephi, in Lehi, he has revelations, and he believes that those revelations, those visions, he believes them as a type of uh, receiving a type of gift, and that is what Kabbalah really is, or at least in my interpretation of what Kabbalah is. Kabbalah is the receiving of a particular vision, of a particular piece of knowledge that you can uh, hold either for yourself or for your family or for your community, 
depending on your environment and circumstances. In this case, Lehi, his family was not very big, and his circumstances it was that he needed to escape from uh, Babylonian captivity by traveling to the Americas. And so Kabbalah was more or less constructed by Moshe de Leon around 1270. Now we know it's uh, more, most likely in the town of uh, Utrera, Spain. That is where Moshe de Leon most likely lived. But there are many different types of Kabbalah. There's Lurianic Kabbalah, there's Abulafian Kabbalah, there's Hermetic Kabbalah. Uh, there are many different types of Kabbalah, and there are many different types of uses. And so, I myself subscribe, subscribe more to an Abulafian type of Kabbalah, which is has, has to do a lot more with, uh, with static Kabbalah, uh, or at least that is the, the Kabbalah that I'm most familiar with. Uh, but I am very familiar with Lorianic Kabbalah and, and the Sohar and other types of Kabbalah. And so the concept, uh, as how does the, the, the book of Lehi reflects to receiving is, uh, it, it starts with, uh, with Nephi 5.6, where it says, Wherefore it came to pass that my father Lehi, as he went forward, prayed unto the Lord. Yea, even with all his heart, on behalf of all his people. And it came to pass that as he prayed unto the Lord, there came a pillar of fire and dwelled upon a rock before him. And he saw and heard much. And because of these things he saw and heard, he did quake and tremble exceedingly. Now, there are many different ways that the Book of Mormon describes how Lehi reacted to these particular visions. In this one, he says that he quaked and trembled excellently. When we read the one for the iron rod, uh, he rejoiced. And so we can assume that the, the, the gift that he received was not what made him uh, react to a part, in a particular way, but it was the message that it made him react in a particular way. In this case, in uh, in 5.6, he quaked and trembled exceedingly, and in the iron rod, he is quite joyous. And so, but there's one thing that we can also learn from this passage, is that he prayed. Uh, so therefore, how can one receive Kabbalah? How can one receive Kabbalah? Uh, <clears throat> Kabbalah is obviously a relationship. That type of relationship, it's all over the Bible, it's all over the Book of Mormon, and it's all over the Sohar. There is a relationship that a particular writer or person or person narrating has with a particular either angel or God, etc., etc. For example, Moses was told to do certain things by uh, going to... To, on the top of Mount Sinai, and he received revelation. Uh, Jesus, he walked in the desert. There are many different ways uh, in which the prophets or the prophets received revelation. And one of the beautiful things about the LDS Church is that you don't need to be a prophet to receive revelation. 
the the book of Revelation is open for all members of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is not like the um, the Catholic Church or or or, 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 the, or the Muslims where Revelation shut down. Uh, no, in, in the LDS Church and the Church of Jesus Christ, it is open for revelation, for constant revelation, which is very more uh, akin to the tradition of the ancient Jews. I don't know if today in Judaism, uh, revelation is somehow um, allowable or how is it disseminated, but there is a, 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 a the case that the Church of Jesus Christ definitely does allow that. So therefore, if we were to have a type of have that type of revelation that Lehi had, it would not be considered as heretical or of Satan or a basis to be burned at the stake or a basis for or a basis for excommunication from the church. It will be open. Now as to what we do with it and how do we disseminate it and how do we claim to have any type of authority for a certain type of revelation, whether if it's valid or not valid, that is another topic. Uh, there have been many crazies out there who have claimed that they have received revelation or they have uh, received certain type of message that makes them do certain things or claim to have some type of authority. But for us, the, the extent of Kabbalah is basically kind of like for your own benefit. As to what do you want to do with it, that is up to the, the person that receives the message. But <clears throat> as of right now, Lehi is receiving a message, and that message is similar to the one of Moses with, uh, with the pillar of fire. And that likely, or at least that means to him that he needs to get out of Jerusalem. And so that is the process of the Kabbalistic method at least in, in my opinion. Uh, it is a shame that because the Bible is filled with so much messages from angels and God, uh, not a lot of that is explained either in our canon or anybody's canon, particularly because I believe because of financial interest. Uh, for example, in the Bible, in most Bibles, it is an angel that speaks to Mary about the birth of Jesus. Now, we, sometimes the angel is not quite explained, but we know from some other scriptures that it's Gabriel. Uh, the, there are many books of the Bible that have been found, thanks to archaeology, that are not in the King James Bible. The King James Bible, in my opinion, was, was designed in a way to keep people under control and for the Catholic Church or the, Roman, the Holy Roman Catholic Church to maintain a certain control over people and <clears throat> distort the true message of the writers. Because there are many other books in, that, that were part of the original canon which make mention of many different types of angels, uh, certain demons. Uh, the Book of Enoch, for example, is a very clear example of this. The, the Book of Enoch was taken out of uh, the Catholic canon a long time ago 
because why would we want people to be praying to angels or to demons for a particular favor when you have to go to the priest and give him your money so that he will do the favor that you're asking him to do. And <clears throat> therefore, it is not good for business. The extra books of the Bible, which were not extra books for the writers or the people that held them, uh, they, they, they are there for a reason. They are there to, um, to, to not only worship God, but to know more about God by knowing his angels and by knowing the demons that sometimes are part of the biblical story. And how do we interact with them? Uh, the, also, the, the Church of Jesus Christ, is, is since its basis, its canon, a lot on Catholic canon, we have the same type of impediments. But it may be a social-cultural safe thing to do. I mean, Joseph Smith was, he asked Heavenly Father, he's like, what about the rest of the scriptures? And Heavenly Father told him not to dwell too much upon him, particularly because it would have been dangerous. Poor Joseph got killed for expressing what he believed and for doing the things that he believed were right. And as a result, uh, it created a the church that we have today. It has evolved in one way or another, or devolved in one way or another. But there are, there is many more to know about the scriptures than what, what we have in um, Preach My Gospel or even within the Bible itself, particularly because the Catholic, Holy Roman Catholic Church and the Roman Empire, uh, they made it their mission to put as many blinds onto the scriptures so that they could benefit from, benefit from, it, from them. Um, but today we have the blessing of being able to read them. We have the blessing of being able to compare them with other biblical stories. And that is why this type of podcast, for me, it is very important to do. Because I myself don't feel satisfied by reading the Bible as if it was designed by people that were, that were meant to subjugate me. I refuse to do that. I would like to read the Bible, and I believe in Jesus, and I believe in God. But, in the, but if I want to get closer to God or to Jesus, in my opinion, I have to read more of the scriptures of the people that truly receive these messages, not the people that manipulate these messages, if I make my, my point across. And farther on, uh, also I would like to be able to, to riff just one of the words, like one of the one of the people that I admire says, he's like like it's the Kabbalah is riffing off of the Torah, and so he like I would like to see the riffing of uh, Moshe de Leon, of Isaac Luria, of um, Isaac of Light, uh, Maimonides, and so on and so forth. And there's great things for us to learn from those people. And as we assimilate their lives with their counterparts back in America. And so hopefully you can join me in more of these episodes. I appreciate you um, enduring to the end. And uh, see you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye.